Well, hello and welcome to The Ken Burns Show. Thank you so much for tuning in to this 10th podcast of the show. So first off, thank you so much for your listenership. I really do appreciate you and I thank you for all your feedback. But on the show today, you know, I got thinking that there are so many of us out there who really do uh, love this country and our freedoms, but we love it according to what we know. So what do we know about America and its history? As mentioned in the last podcast, I talked about how imperative it is, how important it is that we understand how we formulate our opinions. They come from somewhere and they come from the knowledge that we have. Where does that knowledge come from? Well, it depends. There's so many factors involved in that. What do we listen to? What do we watch? Who do we hang out with? What do we read? What don't we read? So therefore, I'm going to play you a clip before we get into the introduction here. And this is the reason that made me say to myself, you know what, we need to really talk about the history of America and the parties and what the Constitution is. And it's not going to be a long show. It's going to be a quick kind of uh, snapshot, if you will, of our Constitution and both the Republican and Democratic parties. How did they come about? It's very important to know this, to understand what the differences are in the parties, the real differences, not what you, not the hearsay, but why are there those of us who are either Democrat or Republican or stand as a pure conservative? I'm not saying that Republicans can't be conservatives, but what I am saying is there is a third party. It never really makes it uh, very far, but there's a reason for that as well. Well, why is this? Well, we're going to talk about this. Now, before we get into all of that and the introduction, as I mentioned, uh, let me play you this clip of what uh, something that Joe Biden has just recently said and taking a lot of backlash for it, rightfully so. And as moronic as it is in regard to what he said, I'm glad he said it because it just proves that many of our elected officials don't even really know the Constitution or the history of the parties. And in this case, here's some proof. Right after I talk about something wonderful for all of you who are looking to do a podcast. What is this wonderful, amazing thing? Well, it's Buzzsprout. I use Buzzsprout. You know why? Because it helped this show get on every major podcast platform. And the great thing was and is, is that you don't have to jump over all of these hurdles and through all these hoops to do that. Because Buzzsprout really is the easiest way and the best way to launch a podcast. And you too can get your podcast listed in every major podcast platform. And what comes with this is a great-looking podcast website with audio players that you can drop into other websites as well, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, and tools to promote your episodes. And there's so many other options that you can utilize with Buzzsprout as well. But listen, as I did, why don't you too join over... 100,000 other podcasters that are already using Buzzsprout. And as a bonus, if you sign up with a paid plan today by going to the show notes and clicking on that link, well, Buzzsprout's going to give you a $20 Amazon gift card because they're going to know that I sent you. And also, it's going to be helping support this show as well. So if you've been thinking about starting a podcast and you don't know where else to turn or how to launch one, look no further, but go sign up with Buzzsprout today because they are the easiest way to start a podcast. America was an idea, an idea, 
We hold these truths to be self-evident. We've never lived up to it, but we've never walked away from it before. And I just think we have to be more honest and let our kids know as we raise them what actually did happen. Acknowledge our mistakes so we don't repeat them. Well, thank you so much, Joe Biden, for your high and lofty and mighty wisdom. Really appreciate it. And speaking of uh, mistakes and learning from them and admitting them, etc., cetera, uh, Joe, you first. But here's what we're going to do. Uh, number one, first of all, thank you again so much for tuning into The Ken Burns Show. I really appreciate it. Uh, don't forget, you can listen at your convenience to this show on whichever podcast platform you choose. And if you haven't already subscribed, I ask and I beg you, please, not really beg, but I do beg, actually. Uh, please subscribe and rate the show. I really appreciate that, too. Uh, but what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to break this um, clip down, dissect it a bit, and then we're going to go on and talk about the history of the United States, how the party started, what the mistakes were, who made the mistakes, who learned from them. And through this process, you may actually have a clearer picture of why we are where we are today. It is incredibly fascinating. And yes, I might leave a little ambiguity at times, and I apologize, but I can't fit so much information into one show. But I really do believe you'll find this incredibly fascinating because I believe the facts, the truth of our history really is fascinating. But let me go ahead and first uh, begin with the dissecting process of this statement. First of all, Biden again says that America was an idea. It was an idea, he says. And uh, we never lived up to it. Uh, actually, we did live up to that idea because America is now a nation. We are a nation. It's America. Yes, there was an idea that got put forth in the form of a constitution by our founding fathers. That's why they call them the founding fathers, because they took the idea and created something out of it. And interestingly enough, I mean, when you look at what he said after that, is that we've never lived up to it. That's absolutely incorrect. Just as many things that he said when he was in the debate recently were very incorrect. You can't just say, no, that's not true. No, that's not true. No, that's not true. And just spit something else out. Trump was very much correct when he said, you sound like a politician. You know, you can do better than that. Because that's what he is. He's a career politician. And that is why people voted for Trump. And that's why people will vote for Trump again. And most people can't stand the fact that he's not as professional as they'd like him to be. And I do understand that argument a bit, but we're not voting for that. We're, what we're voting for is policy. And we'll get to all that. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but, but here's the kicker for me. Again, when he says that we have to be more honest and let our kids know as we raise them what actually did happen, acknowledge our mistakes so we don't repeat them. And again, I've said this a plethora of times on my last episodes. That's what's so great about America. <laughs> That's why we have all these monuments and statues so that people can see where we were. It's not to celebrate where we were, but what we accomplished from that point forward. We do this in our own lives. We have these memories of, of when we have a child, for example. That changes the whole trajectory of our lives, especially the first one. But it's hard to take a career politician seriously when they say things like, we have to be more honest. We have to be more transparent when they themselves are not at all honest or transparent. And if you read the transcripts 
which like a nerd I did from the um, from the recent debate, you can clearly see, especially when you you yourself, not the Facebook fact checkers, by the way, but when you yourself actually look this stuff up, there were so many lies that came out of the mouth of Biden. It's unbelievable. Fracking, for example, is a great one. I'm not going to get too much into the debate because there's a lot of commentary out there on it. Um, I will just say, though, for example, the oil industry and, and fracking. That's one big thing that the Kamala and Biden presidency is going to push for. And that, again, is, is zero emissions, which really is impossible. And one major way of doing that is getting rid of fossil fuels which means they'll be taking away our energy independence, which is wonderful for America. Well, the thing is, is Biden has many times, on many occasions, said that he will absolutely get rid of fracking. You see, but at the debate, he says, no, I did not say that. But he did say that. But now he's saying he's not going to do it. It's going to be phased out. But you're still saying you're phasing it out. And what it clearly shows is the, the, big, the big difference between the two administrations, okay? One believes the climate change is, is a bit, you know, ridiculous. The other does not. Most people on the left really do believe that climate change is a real issue scientifically. Global warming is happening because of cow flatulence and the like. Okay. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. But the reality is, is we're in a much better place as far as emissions go than we ever have been. But again, this is what career politicians do. They waver back and forth. They appease to certain crowds. They say one thing, they have it on tape, but it doesn't matter because again, if you're a cynical person like Joe Biden is, the truth doesn't really matter. Just what he says in the moment. You know, he, it's a cynical thing to do. But anyway, I don't want to keep talking about the debate, but this is what really got me thinking about uh, the reality that most people don't really know. And this is no condemnation, but you know, Many people don't know how the parties began in our country, how they were started, and why each one moved in the direction that it did. Well, I'm going to give you a quick overview on all of it in the next five to ten minutes. And hopefully this helps to bring a little bit more clarity. Uh, because I've heard from some that they believe that, you know, uh, what the Republicans are today is what the Democrats were, you know, at the time, way back when. Of course, you can say that if you look at it in the aspect that we're a democracy, and also at the time, many people say we're a democratic republic. And of course, the oldest party to exist is the Democratic Party. But why did people split out of that party? That's the question that we must start with. And from there, you'll see why the Republican Party went to the far right, thankfully, and rightfully so. So as mentioned, Democratic Republic. So, you know, the party in the beginning was uh, pretty much that, a Democratic Republican Party. Um, even though, of course, the Constitution, which I'll talk about a little bit later on, uh, doesn't really speak of political parties, they eventually uh, began to develop. So again, in the beginning, there were, there were uh, something called the Federalists, which included George Washington, John Adams, and Alexander Hamilton. And they favored a strong central government and a national banking system. Of course, the mastermind behind this was, was uh, Hamilton. Uh, but fast forward to 1792, Supporters of Thomas Jefferson and James Madison, who, by the way, uh, favored decentralized, limited government, uh, formed an opposition faction that would become known as the Democratic Republicans. So that's kind of where that began. 
And uh, of course, I've got to mention uh, Washington's farewell address because in that, he did warn against the danger of political parties. And I say all this to say that there was a power struggle between the Federalists and the Democratic Republican Party, which was very dominant within the uh, early time frame of the government. And just going kind of quick here, but the Federalists, uh, they steadily lost ground in the early 19th century and dissolved completely after the War of 1812. Now, taking a little bit further, in 1824, there was actually a very, very controversial uh, presidential election in which four Democratic-Republican candidates, guess what they did? They ran against each other. Kind of shows you uh, how, how it was going in the, uh, in the party. And it's kind of interesting in this portion because Andrew Jackson won the popular vote and 99 electoral votes. But because of the electoral majority did not go in his favor— the election went to the House of Representatives, and then they gave it the victory to uh, John Quincy Adams. And so guess what they did? In response to that, New York Senator Martin Van Buren, which is interesting because I'm not too far away from uh, the home in which Martin Van Buren lived, and I have yet to visit that. But uh, he helped build a new political organization, uh, the Democratic Party. And they did this to back Jackson, who went on to defeat uh, Adams very easily in 1828. So you can kind of see what's going on here. There's obvious, like I said, I, I told you in the beginning, I was going to leave a lot of ambiguity here and it's because there's just, there's too much detail um, to go into all of it, but it's fascinating. You can kind of already see the little bits and pieces of, of turmoil and issues and the things that went between uh, the members of the party. Well, not too far uh, ahead of that, was when Andrew Jackson uh, vetoed a bill renewing the charter of the Bank of the United uh, States in 1832. And his opponents uh, began the Whig Party. Uh, this is kind of the early stages of the Republican Party. And it was led by uh, Senator Henry Clay of Kentucky. Now, by the 1840s, the Democrats and the Whigs were both national parties. And they all had supporters from various regions of the country. And of course, they both dominated the U.S. political system. And you can see that Democrats were somewhat, yeah, I don't want to say completely in charge, but they continually uh, won elections between 1828 and 1856. But remember, coming up towards the eight, you know 1850s and so on, remember they had to deal with uh, slavery. So again, the Democrats at the time, uh, who were the same Democrats today, not saying they believe the same thing, yet it's still the same Democratic Party, did not want to abolish slavery, but let it continue. It's why the Whig Party and these guys started rising up and doing something. So in the 1850s, for example, there was a debate over whether slavery should be extended into new uh, Western territories. What this did is, is it split these political coalitions. Southern Democrats favored slavery in all territories, while their Northern counterparts thought each territory should decide for itself via popular referendum. And this is kind of where Honest Abe comes into the picture, because at um, the party's national convention in 1860, Southern Democrats nominated John C. Breckinridge, while the Northern Democrats backed Stephen Douglas. And the split here helped Abraham Lincoln, which who was the candidate of the newly formed Republican Party, helped him to victory in the 1860 election. And again, he didn't win the popular vote. He only had 40% of the popular vote. But thank you, Electoral College. But unfortunately, if you yourself go and research uh, much of this stuff, because it goes on to 
uh, Jim Crow. And it doesn't look good on the Democratic side at all of how they conducted themselves and what they were fighting for. So if someone like Joe Biden saying, yes, we, sh- we need to be honest about w- what happened. Yeah, your party did a lot of horrible things. And yes, our nation as a whole did. But this is why there was a split, because people didn't believe in what your party was doing at the time. But again, that's a very quick uh, snapshot of the Democratic Party. Now, on to the Republican Party, which, by the way, I don't know if you know this or not, but the GOP is short for Grand Old Party. So whenever you hear GOP, that is Grand Old Party. Now, it was founded in 1854 as the coalition opposing the extension of slavery into Western territories. And the Republican Party fought to protect the rights of African-Americans after the Civil War. And one thing that's remained true within them, and gotten better, I should say, too, is that the GOP remains socially conservative. Now, not always. I mean, things have changed a little bit. But it does favor smaller government, less regulation, lower taxes, and less federal intervention in the economy, which we could go all day, all night, or whatever time you listen to this about Adam Smith. I don't know if you know Adam Smith. He's like the father, the godfather of the economy. He and his invisible hand. But we'll talk about that another time. Anyway, back to the 1850s. Remember, the issue of slavery was the, was the big thing at the time. And its extension into new territories and states joining the Union ripped apart these political coalitions. Now, when I say political coalitions now, here's the thing. It was a very volatile period at the time. And there was a surfacing of different political parties. They were all types and shadows of Republican, but they weren't called Republican. They were called you know, Free Soil Party, uh, the American uh, Know Nothing Party, and of course, the Whigs. But what really put it over the cliff, if you will, um, to form the new Republican Party where these people came together and, and who came together uh, were the uh, anti-slavery coalition of Whigs, Free Soilers, and Americans, and disgruntled Democrats. And they founded the new Republican Party. Because it was in opposition to the Kansas-Nebraska Act, which you can definitely check out on your own. That's another thing to, to cover on another time. And of course, the reason being is it permitted slavery in new U.S. territories by popular referendum. But I must mention that the Republican goal in the beginning was not to abolish slavery right away, uh, but rather it was to prevent its uh, westward expansion for fear that it would lead to the domination of slaveholding interests in national politics. But again, then came the 1860 election, remember, as I mentioned earlier, and that was the split between the Southern and Northern Democrats over slavery, which propelled the Republican candidate, Abraham Lincoln, to victory, thankfully. But a war was already on its way, and that's where we come into uh, the Civil War. But that's pretty much what got the Republican Party on foot. Now, like I said, there's much more to it, but it is very interesting if you, if you kind of look and research on your own um, further. Um, people were really ticked off at the Democratic Party uh, under Andrew Jackson. And they were really ticked off. These are Republicans. How the freed blacks in the former Confederate states were being treated during the whole Reconstruction era. Remember, everybody, they had to learn how to be free people. And these Republicans, you know, in Congress passed legislation to protect the rights of blacks, including, by the way, civil rights and voting rights for black men. Again, the Republican Party. And the sad thing is, is is if you fast forward to the 1870s, roughly, uh, the Democratic Southern state legislatures had wiped out, you know, most of the Reconstruction's changes that the Republicans put in place. 
because it was their main focus. And it, it baffles me that they don't look back. So again, uh, Joe Biden, you should look back to that. And yes, not you personally, but maybe look at your party's mistakes and be honest about them. And I'll just say a couple more things. And some of this, well, it's facts, but it's also my opinion mixed in there. It's just so fascinating as you read on in history, how, uh, you know, before the Great Depression, now things happened. But remember, there's a prosperity time in the 1920s, of course, before the Great Depression. And it was because of the Republicans that there was a benefit, you know, if, if you will, a benefit period. And then it hit and then they got blamed for it. And this is when Franklin D. Roosevelt came on the scene, beating Herbert Hoover in 1932. Now, it's just a small parallel. It's not exactly the same thing, but it's amazing to me. Uh, Our economy was absolutely booming uh, within the last three years. Uh, COVID hit, and everybody's blaming Trump for the economy. If the (laughs) virus did not come into play right now, how do you think the economy would be doing? I mean- an honest question, and you have to give an honest answer. You know that it would still be booming and doing very well, probably even better than it was. But again, a virus came. Nobody's fault. And you hear Joe Biden mentioning just the number of deaths, and they are horrific. But they want to use it to try to say that Trump handled COVID horribly to make him look bad. Of course, this is what politicians do. Everybody in the in politics does in order to win votes. But the question is, is did he handle it Horribly. No, according to the media, absolutely. But on paper, absolutely not. He did the best that he possibly could with what he knew and what they knew to make sure that America was safe. This is happening everywhere, not just here. And have many people been infected with COVID? Absolutely. But out of those many people, it's a very small fraction of people who have died from it. Because here's the thing, guys. We all have a death sentence. We are all going to face that at some point in our lives, some sooner than others. It's horrible, but that is the reality. A virus did this to people, not a person. And he's not carelessly talking about it as if it's nothing. What he's doing is putting it in a positive light as we should. We are Americans. We're better than that. We step up and we tough it out as we've always done throughout history because it is the spirit in America. It is the spirit of America. Just like the per- a person who might be the strongest person in the world, but you attack him emotionally and mentally, something that can get to him pretty bad, that strength goes away. And I'll tell you what, the Democratic Party, especially Joe Biden, how negative he is all the time. And Obama did this very well. And so does Joe now. Just constantly dogging Americans as if we're the most horrific people in the world. And everything's our fault. Placing fear... And breaking the spirit in Americans. You can't do that. It's about building up and sending them out so that we can get tougher. And so that we can face this thing head on and not hide in a corner. We can't do that. That's no way of living. I mean, where's our sense of dignity? Right? We want to keep dignity in all of this. But again, uh, off track a little bit there though. But the economy was booming. And it still would be. And it's getting better every day. In the midst of this. And... You know, compare this and or put a parallel on this with, with the Constitution and the, and the Bible in our personal lives as a nation. Once we start to kind of veer away from what the Word of God tells us, you start to see life's kind of fall apart. You really do. Parallel that with the Constitution. Like I said, when we start to kind of veer away from those standards, you know, try to put progressive 
movements on top of those standards and or trying to remove those standards to appease, guess what happens? Everything becomes chaotic and there's no order. Now, this next thing is going to be a strong statement, my opinion, but when I look at the previous administration, it was incredibly progressive, completely going towards the left. It felt like a whirlwind. And as you heard Trump stating, I ran Joe because of you and Obama because you did such a poor job. It's not just that they did a poor job, by the way. It's that their policies were horrible and horrible for this country. And it became chaotic within our country. Never mind the horrific stuff that was happening outside of our country under Obama but was happening within our country. That's why Trump came in and wanted to put an end to that. And now the Democratic Party wants to take over so they can start putting their progressive movements back into play. Well, no thank you. And by the way, before I get off on anything else, it it is sad to say, you know, we wonder, when you look at history, as I've mentioned to you throughout this podcast, why is it that black voters started, you know, voting Democratic after what you just heard about the Democratic Party? Well, this somewhat occurred after the uh, Great Depression. Again, they blame the Republicans on all that. Never mind all that they did for them. They began voting Democratic. And it also had a lot to do with FDR's New Deal, which did have a lot of uh, popular approval. And that set up a, some good wins for the Democratic Party for, uh, for you know from years to come. We can see how it flows left to right, left to right, left to right. This is what happens throughout history. But let me leave you with this when it comes to the uh, two parties. And that is... Uh, How do these parties view the Constitution, which we'll talk very briefly about, and then I have to end because, man, time has flown by. But the Democrats, you know, advocate that the Constitution is not designed to be a set of specific principles and guidelines, but that it was designed to be a general principle, just a basic skeleton on which contemporary vision would build upon. Now, that could sound good because we should have vision and we should build. But where they have it wrong is it was designed to be a set of specific principles and guidelines. Now, yes, things are different now. We're not carrying around muskets and riding horses. Things have changed, but the principles that lie within the Constitution absolutely remain. Now, Republicans. Now, they believe in reading and knowing the Constitution and amendments Uh, Republicans also say that the constitutional revival is rooted in substance, not just in symbolism. Then you have the Tea Party, which, you know, you don't always hear a lot about, but they're there. And members of the Tea Party believe that the Constitution is a sacred text, and they demand that Americans return to their constitutional roots. Now, I'm kind of in the middle of that because I do believe that we need to be um, uh, living within and with those constitutional roots attached. But again, as I mentioned, uh, things are a little bit different. I don't mean that we should change the principles, but you know, the standards are a little bit different as far as, you know, technology, the obvious things. But these are the differences between the parties today. And back to the Democratic Party, the Democratic Party is known for their association with a strong federal government and support for minority and women's rights, and environmental protection, and progressive reforms. And does that sound good? It may, but... When it comes to strong federal government, they really enjoy the government being in control. You see that throughout history and you see that now. I won't get into that, but that's the reality of what's happening and what's happening because all the handouts that they give, in a sense, keeps those people under their thumb. And I won't even get into the whole support for minority and women's rights because that's that's ridiculous. Environmental protection, 
Uh, yeah. Um, however, the science is a bit skewed. And progressive reforms, uh, yeah, absolutely. They are very, very progressive. As I'm about to say what I'm about to state here, I'd love to hear from you who who is listening or anyone. Why wouldn't you want this? Because today's GOP, the grand old party, uh, they're generally socially conservative. That's a very good thing. They favor smaller government. Why wouldn't you want that? Let the economy work. Let the people work. As I mentioned, Adam Smith, the invisible hand, the economy, let the people do that work. Let the economy work on its own. Not the government taking control. You know, less regulation. Thank you, Trump. That's what he's doing. Lower taxes. Thank you, Trump. That's what he's doing. Joe Biden wants to raise taxes. And less federal intervention in the economy. Again, I don't know why you wouldn't want that. Many people open their own businesses. You know why? It's because they're so sick of and tired of having a, a you know a boss over their their shoulder. Now, essentially, you still have you know quote unquote bosses because you have your clients who are really the ones telling you what to do and how they want their product or the service. Well, when the federal government is more involved, they're kind of looking over your shoulder. Now, there needs to be ethics, but let a business be its own business. So again, I ask, why wouldn't you want that? It, it just it baffles my mind. And don't say it's because you don't like the people there. Because again, isn't it supposed to be about policy and making sure that the policies and the way the country's being run is according to the standard that was from the beginning? Which again, I will mention, it's not an idea anymore. It's actually been happening for a very long time, Joe. But you know, I've used this analogy before and so many others have as well. As Christians, we're not trying to get a pastor as our president. We're trying to get somebody who can lead the country, the country, our country. Anyway, listen, it looks like time has flown. It looks like I'm going to have to do a part two of this and we're going to get into the constitution, which is great because I'll have more time to actually go over uh, much more substantial aspects of the constitution and not just a tiny little overview. Uh, But I hope this helps a little bit. Of course, I put some of my opinion here at the end, but hopefully I helped your hunger a little bit uh, with wanting to go and research some, uh, some more facts about our country because it's very fascinating. And again, it's amazing because there were some horrific things, but we learned from them and we grew. Uh, And that is what is so great about our country. I'm so sick and tired of hearing people dog our country like this is the worst place in the world. And I'll say it again. And I'd love to mention some people's names, even personal uh, people that I know. But I won't. If you don't like it here, if you're so frustrated, go live somewhere else and see how bad you have it. And then let me know. And when you come back, I know what the answer will be. And then also read the history and look at the policies that have been put forth, much by the Democratic Party, and then see the policies that were put forth by the Republican Party. But I would really like to hear your feedback about it. I really would. You can uh, catch me on any podcast platform you choose. You can find me on The Ken Burns Show on Facebook. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Also, don't forget to check out my buddy Ted Flint with the Pac-Man Podcast. You can find his podcast on buzzsprout.com. But I appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking to you about the Constitution and much more on the next podcast of The Ken Burns Show. So keep your head up and God bless you guys. The Ken Burns Show was produced, edited, and recorded by, well, Ken Burns. Music by Kevin McLeod. Sound effects created by zapsplat.com. Thank you for tuning in to The Ken Burns Show, and be sure to tune into the next episode as we will bring you more dynamic content.